Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Dalet in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. We'll begin with the Gemara, which is six lines up from the bottom on Chaf Gimel Amud Beis. So, yesterday we started talking about the interrogation. That's what the Mishnah discussed. Uh, the Ketzad Botkenes Edim, right? The interrogation of the Edim. And we talked about, the Mishnah discusses the different questions that we ask them about the moon. Uh, today, We'll be saying um, that there was. Uh, we're talking about. We're going to talk about puppets and statues and figurines, because we'll see. Uh, there was Rabbi Gamliel who had those figurines, and he would show people, and he would ask them, "Is this what it looked like? Is this what it looked like?" That's going to be a big, a big topic of our um, of today and tomorrow, but. First, we begin with some astronomy, as follows. Uh, in order to understand what the mission is saying here, is we have to talk about the direction that the sun and the moon take. It's basically, I'll give an outline of how the Gemara looks at it. Uh, tos, uh, the, I keep saying Tosfos when I, when I mean Art Scroll. Art Scroll has a, a, funny, a funny line. Um, it's actually in note... Three, it says, unfortunately, the holy words of our master Rashi here are beyond our feeble understanding and they await elucidation. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the first paragraph on the right side in 24A1. What they're trying to say is, this is what we were saying on Chaf Amad Bez, that where, where we had to rely on the Baal Hamor to understand that Gemara in order to say that it was talking about a version of the international dateline. Here too, the, the part that they're having trouble with is the correlation between Rashi and what they know to be astronomical reality. Now, the fact of the matter is, Rashi is giving shot in the Gemara. Rashi is always keeping, is keeping local. I, I have this like half-baked theory that Rashi stays so local to the Gemara that, you know, he, he has his shot baked into the Havmin and Maskana of the Gemara. So if you say, oh, it's a steer and Rashi, sometimes it's because he's staying very, very local to the very Pashup shot of Gemaras that maybe have elements that are associated with each other. But that, you know, they contradict each other. But, you know, Rashi's just, he's just there to teach Pshat. Um, it's not, not for now. But there, there, there's more, even on Chumash, where Rashi will say, oh, you know, the Medrash says this. You know, Rabbi Banchik wrote, what's bothering Rashi? Uh, this book. And so sometimes the Medrash will say this and it won't necessarily feel like shot in the words, but Rashi will quote it. Sometimes his shot first, sometimes the Medrash words first. And you can read into that an indication of, well, maybe he thinks that this is really what happened. Or maybe he thinks the shot and the narrative mean something. And then, but he has to sometimes give primacy to shot and sometimes the, the shot is so elusive that he'll give primacy to the Medrash's interpretation of the shot because that's the closest thing to Pashup shot. Rashi's trying to just give Pashup shot in the Gemara. It's a little bit of, uh, okay, a little, a little bit of a discussion off our topic with regards to the basic astronomy that's applied is as follows. The sun we know rises in the east and sets in the west. However, it doesn't go in a direct arch overhead, right, where, where in far as north-south, it's not an exact 
like rainbow over your head running north-south. It is sometimes during the summer and the winter uh, equinox, but during the solstice, which is the day. So the summer solstice is the longest day of the year. It's around Tammuz. And the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. It's around Teves. So during the winter solstice, the, and to take the, imagine the rainbow as if it was a direct arch running right east, east-west, and then perfectly centered as far as north-south. Take that entire rainbow, and in the winter solstice, you got to tilt it south, right? The whole rainbow kind of topples over towards the south, so that the sun is really going as it's going from east, as it rises in the east, it goes further and further south in the winter, until it reaches its southernmost point when it's up in the top of the sky, right? When it's high noon, if you will. And then it comes right back down as it's setting westward, it's coming back a little bit northward, right? So that it, it starts in the east and ends in the west, right? But it's tilting a little bit uh, to the south. That's in the winter. And then in the summer, it's tilting a little bit, good morning. In the summer, it's tilting a little bit to the north, and so it's going to be at its northernmost point as it is, right, going to, as it is high in the sky, and then tilt right back again uh, westward as it goes west. Uh, northwards as it goes east. So, so now we're starting where it says Gemara. We, I, I was stalling for you. <laughs> so, uh, Barry's a good man. He's, Andrew, Barry, mm-hmm. the good man. You know? We're very lucky to have a very good Chaburah. Very, very fortunate. Ashrenu. Okay, so now we're in the Gemara. Goranowitz. Gemara, six lines up from the bottom, and Chavkimel Mubez says as follows. So, with that background, we say the following. The, the Gemara, the Mishnah had said... Oh, they were talking about interrogating witnesses. That's exciting, right? It's like mafia stuff now. So we're interrogating witnesses. So in our question of our witnesses, we say, we say, we say look me in the eye. And we say, was it the moon before the Chama or after the Chama? Was it north of the Chama or was it south? So based on our explanation, before and after the Chama really is asking the same thing as is it to the north or to the south? In other words... That interrogating question is redundant. That's how Gemara starts. Says the Gemara. In other words, like this. By the way, when do you see the moon? You see the moon as the sun is setting. So if the moon is, tra- and the moon trails the sun, right? The moon, well, let's say, let's assume the moon is more or less. See, this is not entirely true. It's not along the same track. We know they don't follow the same track at all. But when you see it in the sky, it's almost as if, you can't imagine as if it's in the same track. That's the last piece of info you need. It's almost as if it's on the same track, just trailing behind the sun. Because you're only really going to see the moon after the sun sets. And the moon does, in fact, rise in the east and set in the west. It follows that kind of pattern also in the sky. Okay? You can. You can see sometimes the moon a little bit during the day, but you don't quite see it Right with the same clarity during the day, and um, and and even if you do see it during the day, you're not going to see it at high noon. So it's going to be behind the sun. So it could be that the sun hasn't set yet, but the moon will always be behind the sun. That's why the Mishnah, if you recall, will say that if you see, if you say that you saw right um, the 
the um, this the tzfon, right? If you say that you saw that uh, right, im amar lo amar klum. If you say that you saw the moon that ahead of the sun, in other words, if you say that you saw the sun trailing the moon, right? Then you didn't say anything because that never happens, right? You notice the Mishnah said that, so that's what it's saying over here. Hainu lifnei achama, hainu lutzvona means like this. Let's assume a winter month. It would to be in the winter where the whole arc is tilting to the south, right? To be to the to for the sun to trail the moon, it would mean that the moon is north of the sun because it's further along on that arc than the sun is. That is all necessary. All of this intro is necessary to understand these words in the Gemara where it says hainu lifnei hachamu hainu litzvona for. The sun to trail the moon in this path would be the same thing as saying that the that the moon is to its north, okay? And hainu la'achar chama hainu la'droma, and to say that the moon is trailing the sun in that context would be the same thing as saying that the moon is to the south. So therefore, those questions are redundant. To which Abaye modifies what he means when he says lifnei or after hachama as follows: Amar Abaye ki masa lifnei hachama la'achar hachama. Gimasa, a pagam, is a deficiency. In this case, it's a concavity. So, as you know, the moon is shaped, except for when it's a full moon. It has a concave, it's shaped like a moon. Okay, it has a concave portion. So, well, that's what he means. Does the concave portion of the moon face the moon or face the sun or not face the sun? Now, obviously, the whole, the whole way that we see the moon is because of the illumination of the sun which means that all you see of the moon is the part that the sun reflects, which means that the concavity never faces the sun, right? That's physically impossible. And that is true in the sky, and that the Gemara is aware of. So that's why the Gemara continues to say, Im achama, lo amar kalum. Right? How is that supposed to know all these details, by the way? That's a good question. I mean, uh, I mean what are they supposed to say when they come? Now, some of these things... You know, Goranowitz asks a good question, right? You, you're asked, you're being asked to see the moon, right. but you're not an astronomer, right? Right. So, and, and maybe you didn't pay attention to that detail. So that's why Rabbi Gamliel had uh, models in his attic. We're going to see. You have to pay some attention. You're a witness after all. So let's see. Do they get paid as a witness? That's a very good question too. Did they get paid uh, when they showed up? Well, they got a big kiddish out of it, we said. So that's something. Um, and there was there was a situation where amazingly by Susim and the Kusim as we've seen in previous blot right they actually paid some of them to give the wrong information why they were so intent on on um, on messing things up is 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 uh, you know something that 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 requires more uh, historical context but be that as it may like this so we said like this. If you see the conca- if you said that the concavity was facing the sun, that's physically impossible. He didn't say anything. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan, because Yochanan explained, there's a pasuk in Eov that says that Hamshel, right, ruling and pachad, dread, are with him. He makes peace in his heights. What is peace in his heights? It's almost funny, right? In other words, it's also true because it's physically impossible. But the reason it's physically impossible is because the Hashem made it so that the sun can never see the, the embarrassing concavity of the moon. You know, the moon doesn't want the sun to see its concavity. 
And so the sun never does see it. The moon always faces away. Don't look at my concavity. Um, the moon is always facing away from the sun. The sun also never saw the concavity of the rainbow. Of course, right, you could find this humorous because you need the sun uh, to have a rainbow. Um, and the way the rainbow works, we know biologically, right, or physically, is, is going to be in such a way that it'll ne- it's never going to be an upside-down rainbow facing the sun. Right? You never see such a thing. But be that as it may, the uh, Gemara is describing, Rabbi Yochanan describes that to the, uh, to the fact that Hashem has some peace, right, amongst the celestial beings worked out. As the Gemara continues to say, as we know from the famous Red Medrash, right? We don't want the moon to be disheartened and depressed. So therefore, the moon never has to show its. This is, the, uh, this is unbelievable Musa, right? Okay, thank you for, for prodding me. The, the Musa here is not to be Gaivadik. The moon, right, wanted to be, as I said, why can't I be as big as the sun? But everybody has to know their role. Everybody has to know their role. And you have to, uh, it's not, you're not doing it for the cover. And so the moon was made smaller than the sun, as the Medrash says. Right. However, the sensitivity, Garanowitz, the sensitivity that even though the moon is deficient relative to the sun, it doesn't mean that it has to be exposed to that deficiency. Okay? Um, and it, it, so sensitivity also is, 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 uh, is even built into the Bria. Now, the idea that the um, that the that you never see a rainbow upside down, where where it looks like the sun uh, is using the rainbow like a bow and arrow, right? In other words, when when a archer uses a bow and arrow, the he's always facing the concavity of the arch, right? It's always the the two arms of the arch facing him. So if the rainbow would be upside down, so to speak, facing the sun. It would be facing the sun the way a bow and arrow faces an archer. And then people would think that the sun is using the uh, rainbow as a bow and arrow. That's what this means. As we finally arrive at Chavdal Ramad Aleph, as the Rashi, the first Rashi in Chavdal Ramad Aleph, they would think, oh, this sun is shooting arrows at us. The idea, the reason why you always have the bow, so to speak, of the rainbow, right? Because the word rainbow has a bow in it. You don't want the bow um, to be facing towards the sun as if the sun is using it as a bow and arrow, right? Because that's how the rainbow would be oriented if the sun, in fact, was a shooter of archery. So that's what it means that you're trying to avoid that look because people used to worship the sun in that way, and they would ascribe all kinds of all kinds of powers to it. So Hashem was, didn't want to have any of that. So He turned the rainbow upside down, so to speak. And that's why, whenever you see a rainbow, it starts and ends at a pot of gold on the ground. Okay. Now, the, the mission then stated, So Goranowitz is right. We're asking them some some difficult questions. We say, how high in the sky was the moon? Which way was it pointing? As we've already said, this whole thing is a little bit of a play acting because we already put the fix in as far as when Rosh Chodesh is going to be, but it's very clear from these Mishnayas and Gemaras that once we're already accepting them, we're treating them like legit Edim, right? We'll see that there's certain ways in which we don't treat them like legitimate Edim, but certainly we're trying to ask them specific questions. We don't, we don't, we're not, 
We're going to make them work for it. We're not just going to give them the kiddush without even paying any attention to the moon at its position. So Tanakha, the one Bryce says, let's phone a dwarf. When they go back to that town, are they like respected elders? Uh-huh. You get you get like street cred for, for being an aide on the moon? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, wow, look at yeah. You went to Sanhedrin. Yeah, you went to the Sanhedrin. They come back like when, you know, when, when we first sent people to the actual moon, they, they would have bigger parades than anybody in the world. Were, those were the biggest celebrities the United States ever had. Those right. returning astronauts. Woo! That was a big, big, huge deal. Now they come back and forth. We didn't barely hear about it. Anyway. Tanachada. Litzvona Dvarav Kayamin. If he says he saw the new moon, again, to the, sun, to the sun's north, then we believe it. We say that's valid. The Droma Lo Amar Klum. So this is what we had already said. That if he says that it's Ladroma, that means but that's the opposite. Um, right, right. The Droma law Marklum is the opposite of what we said. The Gemara asks, We already said the opposite. Right, so which is it? We had a question here when we were talking about the uh, trajectory of the moon relative to the sun. So we know that the moon follows behind the sun. But this is where the fact that the entire arch tilts to the south in the winter and to the north in the summer actually becomes valid because whatever their testimony is going to be, it's going to have to depend on the time of year, which is the answer of the Gemara. It says the Gemara, lo kasha, kan bi mosachama, kan bi shamim. In the summertime, the actually entire arc tilts to the north and therefore the moon as, it going, as it's going to be behind, trailing behind the sun always is going to have to say, we're going to have to say that it's, it's only valid if it's north. And in the winter, the arch tilts to the south and then we're going to have to say, as the moon trails the sun, the testimony is only valid if they say that it's actually tilting to the south. Good. Now, what about the height? So that's about where it's in the sky. What about the height? What's a mardos? Goranowitz, a goad. A goad with a D at the end, an ox goad. They used to have tons of those. Everybody had, but it was always a standard size. You'd have like a, right, you'd have a stick. That was a standard size that everybody knew. So if one says, I saw it in the sky, it looked like it was two goads off the ground. What does this mean? Plow, plow, handles. Handles? Plow, handles. That's what a goad is? Yeah, plow. No, this is a long stick with a point to, to prick the animal. This is what they, uh, oh. Okay, so yes, yeah, so they said, so one is two, two goads off the ground, and the other one says three goads off the ground. Edus and Kayemis. That's called a standard deviation that we could tolerate. Okay, sometimes you can't tell the difference between two and three. However, Echad Omer Shalosh Echad Omer Chamesh, Edus and Betela. If one says three and one says five, the Edus is Batel, because that's too far. Now, I, I think it's actually fascinating because two to three is 66%. Three to five is 60%. Uh, so it's, it's basically 34% off versus 40% off. It's not that big of a difference. But anyways, um, it's, so I don't know if this is a percentage thing. It sounds more like it's a number of goads thing, that it's a distance thing. But anyway, but it's just interesting that those two, um, that those two things are, uh, those two examples, right? They're doing two and three and three and five as opposed to two and three and two and four. And it, two and four would certainly not be Kayim. So I guess the Chiddush is that even if it's three and five, maybe even if it was four and six or, or, or uh, five and seven, if it's two goads away, a dusan betela, because it's too far away, that's too large of a discrepancy. Okay. 
Aval mitzarf. Well, in other words, that would be an interesting question. I would have preferred if the if the um, if the Bryce had said if one says two and the other one says three, so then a dusan kayemes. If one says four and the other says six, a dusan betela. Then I would know that even when it's the same ratio, then it's a dusan betela because two goes away. But it doesn't say that, so now I don't know. Maybe it's doing the magic number of 36 because it's double chai. If it's more than 36% discrepancy, then it's, uh, then it's batal. Anyway, be that as it may, once the edus is batal, the, the uh, b'risa adds, aval mitzdarf in the edus acheres. Mitzdarf in the edus acheres is something that we've already seen. It's, it's, it's actually a huge chiddush. Usually, if you think that the edim are lying, so then you just kick them out and you can never use them for anything. Yeah. So here, there's some hawk about what mitzvah and leidus lecheres means. It could just mean that when somebody else corroborates one of the two, so then we know which of the edus are lying, which of the edim is saying is lying, and then we just toss that aid. That's what it probably means. Okay, mitzvah from leidus lecheres. Okay, now, tanur bana, reinu b'maim. So now another brayso. So some people say they saw the moon in the water. Reinu b'ashashis. We saw it in, through a lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you know, you talk about the... Uh, you got to get to Sanhedrin, Dafmem, and other parts of Sanhedrin. That's the full interrogation and witnesses for all things. Oh, how but many here, we, how many Daf from now? No, how many Daf is Sanhedrin? Oh, Sanhedrin is, is pretty big. No, Mem, from Mem. You know, how many... How many uh, oh, how many blood is that topic? Yeah. I'm oh, no, it'd be it Mr. Shem. We'll see then. I don't actually... I, I wish I knew offhand. No, um, is it big or small? Talking about witnesses is a lot, a lot of hawk about witnesses, a lot. Baruch Hashem, you're not going to be, you're not going to be left wanting for more discussion about it. You, it'll be pretty thorough, Bezat Hashem. Okay. So, the point of the, the following ideas is, you can't see a reflection of it, you can't see it in the water, you can't see partial, it has to be a straight on. It has to be a straight on look. Rabari Leibowitz, Shlit, the great Tafiomi master, gets into the questions of, like, you know, uh, this is Rebbe Vajir Yosef, I think, talked about, Let's say it's like a Super Bowl and there's commer- preachers stick of commercials on TV. Uh, are you allowed to say Krishma? Interesting questions like that. So why, so here, Horim. You shouldn't be watching TV. Sure, exactly. It's, it's, it's a real question because. Why? Um, why is it a good question? Well, because you're not allowed to in the presence of Erva. So one aspect is the hear hurhim. But what if like your back was faced to the TV, but the erva's there, but it's not really there? Wow. That's that's the crux of that shaila. Like I dive in Memphis right. on the on the ward, and I see a woman not properly dressed. So, right. Uh, is, but is what that, if, what if what if your neighbor has a woman not properly dressed on TV, uh, and it's like facing your window, like you have, to, and you face it away. Do you treat that as a real erva? Anyway, they literally bring this the halacha. Uh, th- this is an example. Okay, but be that as it may, what we're talking about is it's not real re'ia, right? Because the re'ia has to be actual re'ia of the actual thing. So If you see the moon in the water, reflection, or through a lantern, or ba'avim through the clouds, ain't me eating the love. That's not. You can't. Use that as edus. If you saw half moon in the water or in the clouds or in through a lantern, then then you're not. But the Gemara says the obvious question. Right? You already said that if you see the whole thing in a reflection, then it's not good enough. So certainly half isn't going to be good. No, it means this. In other words, 
What if you see half the moon straight on, but then the other half completes the picture, but the picture is completed either through a cloud or in a reflection or a lantern? So still, it says the Gemara, Ein Me'idin. You'd have to see, you can't use that as a testimony, you'd have to see the entire moon directly. Tanarbanan, another brisa. Re'inuhu v'shuv lo re'inuhu. Ah, we saw it, but then we lost it. Ein Me'idin alav. Wow, that's not good. So says Gemara, what do you mean? You have to like keep your eye on the ball, literally and figuratively, the entire time, and the second you lose it, that's it. You have to like have your eyes on it all the way until the time you get to Bezin. That's not practical. So Amar Abaye, how can modifies it? No, we mean the following. Renu me'elenu. When we were in Baltimore, we caught a glimpse of it in our own town, and we happened to have seen a glimpse of it. But then, and then we said, you know what? Oh, we caught a glimpse, an incidental glimpse, and we said, let's, uh, uh, let's testify on this, and then we can never find it again. So then, ain't me eating a love. You have to actually be searching for it mindfully and finding it in that way. My time, huh? Why, why is this not good? So says the Gemara, Maybe they just saw the crescent of a white cloud. In other words, maybe it was an artifact. Maybe it was like a figment of their imagination, right? Or a, a piece of a cloud. And if you can't go back and intentionally see it, then we can't rely on it for testimony. Okay. So now we're going to go into a next Mishnah, which describes how the Bezdin is going to declare Rosh Chodesh. So Rosh Bezdin Omer Mekudosh, right? The head of the Bezdin is going to say Mekudosh, Mekudosh, Mekudosh. And the, everyone else says Mekudosh, Mekudosh. Excellent. If you look at Rashi on this Mishnah, on the next Mishnah, he just says Rosh Bezdin Omer Mekudosh. You have to look at the, uh, Mr. Shah says that it's a false start by Rashi. Like it's not even meant to be there. We're not, Rashi doesn't add anything to the Mishnah. It's just, this is what it is. The, the, the Rosh Bezin is going to say Mikudish. Everyone else is going to say Mikudish, Mikudish. Ben Shanir Bismano, Ben Shalonir Bismano. So this is a Chiddush in the Mishnah. So this is what we said before. Bismano means that it's Chaser, right? That's for whatever reason, it's presumed that even though, as Ari Leibowitz points out, and as we know, half the months are 29 and half the months are 30, 29 is what it was supposed to be, supposedly. That's considered Bismano, okay? Um, but what we're saying is relative to what, what we said yesterday, that do you actually declare the moon only when it's a chaser or whether it's a chaser or a male? We'll see. But right now, our mission certainly implies, that, certainly is teaching us that you declare it regardless. Right? However, Rabbi Lazar that's the Tanakama, Rabbi Lazar holds, In other words, for Ubar, you don't have to be Mekadish. And his rationale is like this. If you're going to do it early, so to speak, or on time, as it were, right? In orthodontics, what used to be early treatment, now I consider on-time treatment. So here's, that reminds me of that, right? Because we, 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 we'll call 29 early, but really 29 is on time. So if it's on time, you're mekadoshit. If it's me'ubar, then already shamayim determined to delay it, and therefore it was as if they were mekadoshit, and therefore we don't have to be mekadoshit. So the Rosh Bezdin, Minahani Mili. Where do we learn this whole idea of you say Mikudish? Amar of Chia Bargamda, Rabbi Yosef, Rashalom, Rabbi Amar Kra. It says in the Pasuk, You remember this Pasuk? This is familiar. This is from the end of the, of the, uh, Yom Tovim. Mikan Sharosh, where we say it in Kiddush. Mikan Sharosh Bezdin Omer Mikudish. So that doesn't only teach us that that Pasuk should be recited in Kiddush, but also, Rosh Bezdin should say, 
Mikudesh. Why? Because Moshe, right, was the one that was Mikadesh, and, and our, right, Rosh Bezdin of our day is, uh, takes the role of Moshe Rabbeinu in doing so as well. Okay, and then how do we know the rest of the nation has to say it also? Etc. So we see there's an aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu saying it, and there's an aspect of us saying it. Sounds like what? It's plural. It says that you, plural, should also say it. To which of Nachum Bar Yitzchak Amar Elohim Moadai, right? That is how you know that there that uh, is another source to the fact that the people are participating. Also, Moadai, they are they are my festival. Heim Yomer Moadai. That's a right a limud on that pasuk that they should say Moadai, and that too teaches that the people should say Mekudish Mekudish. However, that just teaches you that they should acknowledge the Kiddush Hayom. But how do you know that they say Mekudish, Mekudish, Pa'amayim, right, twice? As the Gemara says, Mekudish, Mekudish, Trey Zimni, Lamali. How do we know that? Two times. Ixiv, Mikra'e Kodesh. Well, that's what the Pasuk says. Mikra'e Kodesh are multiple declarations of Kedusha. So therefore we say, Mekudish, Mekudish. So now four lines up from the wide. Two dots. Why do they use the word Mekudish? is a word that's used for marriage. Kedushin is also a word to use to sanctify the month. It's sanctification. Uh, sanctification has to do with setting aside also. So just like you set aside a day, so to speak, for the glory of Hashem, right? You set aside this day to be special for Rosh Chodesh. You set aside certain things for, right, uh, right, for the glory of Hashem, Lakavat uh, Shemaim, so too you set aside a woman for the Kiddushin. Now, so now, four lines up from the wide. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Tzadok, Omer, Imlo Nira Bismano, Ein Mekachanoto. So now Rabbi Lazar Metzadok says that you only Mekadesh if it is a chaser. So we have a Brisa Tanya. Plimo Omer. Do you, you ever know there was a guy Plimo? Plimo. Yeah, it's a good name. Bismano ain't Mekachin oso. Shalom Bismano Mekachin oso. He says the opposite, that you're only, the opposite of, our, of Rabbi Lazar Metzadok, that you only Mekadesh when it's a Me'ubar. Rabbi Lazar Shimon Omer, Bain Kach, Bain Kach, Ein Mekachin oso. So now we're going to have multiple Shitas. Rabbi Lazar Shimon says you only you can be you it when it's chaser and when it's malei. He has a source. What's the source? Again, to Garano, it's his point. You use the lashon kedusha also for the yovel year. So he's kind of making a version of Garano at this point, which is the word mekudash should only be used for certain things. So we use it for Kiddushin, we use it for Yovel, we use it for sanctifying years, but not sanctifying months. And therefore, what? Ein Mekachin or so. You never say Mekush. Okay, so he's doing away with all the other sources, all the other Pesukim. That is, right, the Shita of Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon. Right? This, this, I think this is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's son. Okay? Amar Rabbi Yudah Meshmuel, Halachak Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Tzadok. Oh, we hold like Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Tzadok. Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Tzadok was the one that said that you only mekadesh it, right, when it is chaser. And that's the halacha. We've already said this halacha before. Okay? So I'm Rabbi, Afanan Amitunina Ru, based in Bechol Yisrael, Nechkura Edim, Lois Puka Loma Mekudash Ad Chashecha. So let's say everybody sees that the new moon was on the 30th day. And then, uh, or, or whatever, you're, you're interrogated the witnesses then. 
and they don't manage to say Mekudosh until after it grows dark. So Harezim Me'ubar. So already then it has to be Me'ubar. So, so Abai is pointing out that with that little piece of Mishnah that we're going to learn tomorrow, we could see that the only time, right, what, what are the two options? Either you get the witnesses in time and you're Mekadesh, or the alternative is Me'ubar. Me'ubar implies that it's not Mekadesh. But it, which is to say, to support, right, Rebbe Lezabre and Sadok, that when it's Me'ubar, you don't say Me'kudosh, Me'kudosh, but rather it is sort of the default, right? So as the Gemara says, Me'ubar in, Me'kudosh lo. At that point, it is Me'ubar, right, and it is not verbally Me'kudosh. However, the Gemara rejects that proof, says Me'ubar, it's Trichle, no. We still need to say Me'ubar in tomorrow's Mishnah, because Akadaita Chamina Hoilvaru based in Vachal Yisraeli Parsima. You might have thought that since the whole world saw that the moon was Chaser, that it's, that it's, uh, already been publicized, and therefore we're not going to make a Chodesh Me'ubar, because as we had said earlier, that looks like something fishy, like everybody saw that it was Chaser. So how could you possibly make it Me'ubar? So that's why the Mishnah has to say that even though everyone saw it, we didn't get the testimony in time, and so even though it may look bad, so, so we might have thought that because it looks bad, we have to actually... Uh, declare it a chaser despite the fact that we didn't get the Adis in time. Kamar says, Kamash Malan, no. That our Mishnah is teaching us a huge Chiddush by saying Me'ubar. Not the Chiddush to support Rabbi Lazar Bertzadok as Abaye had thought. Not the Chiddush that you don't say Me'kudosh. No, you can still say Me'kudosh. But the Chiddush is that you, that you are going to declare a Chodesh Malay despite the fact that everybody saw that astronomically it should have been a chaser. Amazing. Let's talk about the figurines of Rebbe Gamliel, shall we? We have a Mishnah devoted to it. It says the Mishnah. We're up to the Mishnah, six lines up from the bottom of Chav Dalad Amad Aleph. Demus Tzuras Levana Ayula Rebbe Gamliel. He had figurines like Rabbi Chaitlita. We haven't mentioned Rabbi Chait yet. Had in his office figurines of the uh, of of people. We'll talk about that. Betavlo Vakotel Balayoso. He had it on a tablet and on the wall in his attic. Shebahen Mar Es Haidiotot. Right, and, and when when the um, and Hamon Am, the Amcha, right? The simpletons would come and they said, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He's asking me these questions and they say, I, I, can't, I can't remember. So he had the figurines for instructive purposes. For Omer, says the Mishnah. Ha Kazeri, so Kazeri. So, well, how did it look? Did it look like this or like that? Oh. So the Gemara right away asks, Isn't that a Vodazara? Are you allowed to have figurines? Says the Gemara. Umi Shari, are you allowed to have these figurines? Baksiv, lo sasun iti. Right? You ever hear of like the the Ten Commandments? Right? Where you're not allowed to have engraven images of me? And we have interpreted mean right from from Torah Peh, you can't make images of what? Shamshayai, those who uh, sort of like are my servants, the celestial beings. Okay. No, you have to understand that like you only have so there's two kinds of shamshin. There's more. But how do you serve Hashem? So you have the celestial beings, the sun and the star and the moons that serve Hashem. And then on earth, you have the clay mikdash. The clay mikdash is other ways uh, to serve Hashem. So Abaye is saying that the iser is to recreate clay mikdash. That's what it means over here. That those things which are handmade, man-made, things that are man-made, those you can't replicate, so you can't replicate the clay of Mikdash. Right, you can't make a house to look like the 
let's say somebody makes a lot of money, so he said, you know what? My house is going to look like the base Hamikdash exactly. You can't do that. Or you can't make a pavilion and make it look like the, the ulam. You can't make a chatzar like the azara. You can't make a table like the shulchan and menorah or the menorah like the menorah that was in the base of Mikdash. Right? As we turn to Chavdalim and Vase, when you make a menorah, you can make one, but you can do five, six, or eight, but you can't do like the seven, right, stalked candelabra of the base of Mikdash because that is Asr. Because you can't replicate them. Even if it's made of gold rather than the other types of metal, you can't do it. And Rabbi Yosef, you don't make af shel eitz lo yasa. You can't even make it out of wood. Kederach shel asu malchei beis chashmonai. As Rashi says, fascinating. Rashi he says, kshigaber yadam al yevanim. The story of Chanukah. Vehotziyum yerushalayim, as we know. Vetirus amikdash. Right? It sounds like we're reading al anisim here. Vehayu aniim velo yachlu lasosha selzav. So in those days, the beis chashmonai, who later became wealthy, were in fact quite. Uh, poor, and so the original menorah, Rashi says, was not made out of gold, but rather out of wood. You may not have known that, right? You picture it differently. So, so that's a good trivia question. What was the original menorah of the Chashmonai made out of? Wood. And therefore, we can't even do that, right? So we see that we're not. It's not me'akev. The uh, right, the material that the menorah is made out of is not me'akev. Amulo, but they said to him. Misham, Raya, you're going to bring a, a Raya from the Chashmonaim? Shapudin Shabarzo Hayu. Ah, Machlokas. Was that menorah made out of wood or spits of iron? They thought. They thought it was iron. Vechipum Bavats. And then they played it with tin. And then Eshiru, as we know, they became wealthy over time. Asaum Shalkasef. And then they made it out of silver. And Chazur Eshiru. And then they got Vaitr even wealthier. Asaum Shalzav. And that's when they made it out of gold. Oh. So that is what's going on. So what? So it means that you can make you can't make it out of those. In other words, I think the the whole machlokas here is that they're just saying that they didn't start from wood. Okay, now that's all related to Rebari Leibowitz asks, what about Machon Mikdash? Aren't they replicating all these things? So he holds no. They're telling you that this is actually it. We're going to use these for the Kalim and the Mishkan. Interesting, right? If that's the case, then you're not replicating at all. In other words, the Isser is to make a Mishkan. Uh, Right, in your, you can make Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, you can build it in your heart, but you can't just build it in your house, right? Okay. We got, we got the Musa. We got the different Gemaras, we got yeah. Hanukkah even. Exactly, we got Hanukkah today. Mishari, but the Gemara asks, but can you make, is, can you make an, uh, an image of celestial beings? Vatanya, we have a Bryce of Los Sasuniti. Right, we're back to Los Sasuniti. Los Sasun Kidmus Shamshai, Hamshamshin Lefanai Bamarum. There's a brisa that applies this pasuk of don't make engraven images not only to the clay of mikdash but also to right the celestial beings and therefore you can't have figurines of moon and stars. So Amar Abaye Lo Asra Torah Admus Arba Panim Behadei Adadi. Now that that limud is only teaching you the Arba Panim of what the Arba Panim of the as Rashi explains Laguf Echad Kein Chayas Hakodesh right the Markava the Markava has four. Four panim. What is it? What are the four panim? They have this is right Chazon Yecheskel, where he where he has the four faces: the human, the lion, the ox, and the eagle, or the nesher, whatever the nesher is. So those are the markava. That's what you can't recreate. 
Elameata, parts of Adam Lechodet, history. So one of the four is of a human being. Can you make a graven image of a human face? Alama Tanya, if that's, if you can, then why does the Bryce say, Kol ha partsufos mutarim chutzmi partsuf Adam? That you can make graven images of any face other than Adam. Fascinating. The Gemara says, Amar Vunabrei Davidi, mi pirke de Abayish mi'eli. Well, I learned, right, like this, from Abayish, I went to Abayish here, and I learned, lo sasun isi, again, the same pasuk, and I learned to mean, lo sasun osi, like as if you should not make me. You should not make me. So it means, you can't make images, like, of Hashem in physical form. Now we're getting Maimonidi in here, right? You can't make an anthropomorphic vision, uh, visions, like Michelangelo, oh, right, making, making him look like, a, like the old man, that's what you can't do, right? But, to, but everything else, you can. Human beings, you can make figurines. The Gemara asks, Ushar Shamshin Mishari, really, you can make other things? The sun and the moon, stars, all the faces? Vehatanya, lo sasun iti. You can't make with me. Lo sasun kidmus shamshayayim shamshin lefana beimarom. You can't make it like my servants on high. Kagon ofanim v'srafim v'chayos hakodesh. Sounds like we're making, we're saying Kedusha here. Umalachay asharis. So you can't do celestial beings, you can't do Malachi Asharis, you can't make engraven images of all these. So we see this Pasuk of Lo Sasun E.T. is expounded in many different ways, and it all applies to what can you and can you not make graven images of. So Amar Abaye, Lo El Shamshin Yon. This gets fascinating here. What's the Madora Yon Rashi? Rashi says, seventh heaven. So what's in the seventh celestial sphere? That is the, that is the Markava. Where would you think, which of the, which of the heavens, well, it's talking about different levels of Rekia, I don't understand it, but there's like levels. So where would, in which of the seven levels of the, of the, of the sky would you say the sun and the stars and the moon uh, were, if there were seven? Which would you say? Seventh You'd say it's the seventh, right? The highest mouth. No, Rashi says it's in the second. Wow. The beyond that, there's so much more. So maybe we can understand that uh, scientifically as the galaxy, the, as you were saying before, are we in the Milky Way, are we in the universe? Or uh, whatever it is, it, it, it's the Chayos HaKodesh are beyond it. They're in the seventh Rakia, and to give you an idea of how far off that is, the sun and stars and the moon are in the second Rakia. Yeah, okay? Right, exactly, from that expression. So the Gemara asks, but the second heaven, <laughs> is that one allowed? So Vatanya, Asher Bashamayim. Right, the, the, the Shemaim is in the second, right, firmament or whatever. This, it, so, so in that one, right, is not, also not allowed. You shouldn't be allowed to, right, do the whole zodiac and the sun and the stars and the moon either. So, so Mimal, and then it says, the next word is Mimal, that's to include the Malachim. So we see that all of these are not allowed. Aha. Uh-huh. So the Gemara says, no. Kitanya, he lavdam. dumb. That price is just saying you can't worship those stuff. Gemara asks, he lavdam. dumb. I feel a shilshul katan nami. Shilshul here is referring to a small worm. In other words, you can't worship anything. What do you mean? You can't worship anything. You don't need a Pusuk to teach you not to worship the sun, the moon, and the stars. You can't worship a rock. So Gemara says, they nami. True. That, yes, but, yeah, but still, as Zami says. You know, so they nami is the Gemara's way of saying, yeah, but still. The Tanya, because it says in the Brisa, I share ba'aretz. That which is in the earth, right? Mitachas shilshul. Which is to say, the hemshech of the pasuk, the continuation of the pasuk, is all necessary. In other words, it's true that you know that you can't bow down and worship mountains, valleys, streams, afikim and 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 valleys, right? 
or worms, right? You can't worship any of those things. That's only because of the whole Pasuk. The Pasuk in its entirety teaches you not the celestial beings, not the stars on the moons, not the earth and the valleys and the mountains, and also not the worms. And now that's how you know that. But you need the Rebuy to teach you all of that. So the Gemara asks, Okay, so does that mean that you can make graven images of all these things? But we already have a Brisa, again, circling back to this, when we're teaching the Pasuk, it says, We have a Brisa that says that you can't make graven images of the sun and stars and the moon like this. So the Gemara says, no. Shiny Rebbe Gamliel. So it all goes back to Rebbe Gamliel and his attic with these figurines. Why is he allowed to do it? So he say, asulo. Whoa, what an answer. Others, Achayim, in this case, means non-Jews made those for him. Says, the the postkim asks, isn't that Amir La'akum? And they answer, Amir La'akum, you know, Amir La'akum isn't just Shabbos. Turn on the light for me. It could be, make a graven wow. image for me. Amir La'akum means when you're asking a non-Jew to do something oh, that's prohibited for that. you, for them to do it on your behalf. But the thing is, B'makum mitzvah, perhaps it would be allowed. Here we have it used for the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh. Okay. Not to get too bogged down with the halacha, but that, that, that's the suggestion over here. So then the Gemara asks, I have Rabbi Yehuda, we have, we have the case of Rabbi Yehuda. You might remember this from Brachos, I believe it was on Laman Vav. The signet ring. Remember the signet ring? The guy has, they used to have a signet ring with a graven image. Now, the, he certainly was not, Rabbi Yehuda was not going to make his own rings. That wasn't his profession. So they, somebody else made it for him. However, for Amalei Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda, Shinina. Shmuel said to Yehuda, sharp one. He used to call him smarty pants or sharp one. Same ene dedain. You have to deface it, right? Same ene literally means that you blind its eyes. Right. So you have, to, you have to deface your signet ring because it looks like you have some sort of a vodazara. The Gemara says, so, so, so that's a kasha, well, right? No, 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 no. Wait off, hold up before you deface your dollar bill. Let's, let, let, let's finish. No, no, no. Flat versus graven. It's a great question. We're going to see. So it says the Gemara, before you tear up that bill, let me just show you. The Gemara says, Hasam chosamo bolet hava. Oh, the dollar bill is just a two-dimensional image. So that face, that painting might be okay. However, chosamo bolet, the signet ring of Rabbi Yehuda was protruding. And it was a chashash that why do you have this like sort of like statue, so to speak, sticking on your finger? That was the issue. Not because it was an image. Kitatanya, like we learned in the Brisa, Tabas, with regards to a ring, and this is where we learned, right? If it looks like it has a protruding face, then you can't put it on again because of the chashad. The people are going to think that, what are you worshiping that guy? But you can, you could, you could use it as a stempel, right? Because that makes a seal and the seal, again, would be like, let's say in wax, but it would be depressed in wax because it itself is, right, is bolet, sticks out. However, what if you have a depressed, uh, signet in your ring? Then, then you could wear it because nobody thinks that you are, right, uh, you're, you're worshiping a depressed, uh, ring, however, right? But then, if you used it as your signet ring in wax, you would actually be creating something that looks like a protruded graven face, and therefore that would not be allowed. So the Gemara asks, Wait a minute, are we really concerned in these cases that if somebody has like some sort of protruded face on their ring, that they're worshiping it or something? Says the Gemara, Yes, oh, what's the Kasha? Amazing. Sounds like Shar Yashiv. 
Shafi Yosef was the name of a, of a shul. As Rashi explains, Shafi Yosef ben Arda, Makomhu, that was a famous shul. And they used to have all this crazy stuff there. It was a very, very fancy shul, right? There was a big statue of the king. And all the big gedolim used to daven there. Rav, Shmuel, Avuad Shmuel, Levi, Umatzel, Hasam, all these giant gedolim, Talmid HaChacham, used to daven in this place that had a massive statue, below Chayshil HaChashada. And we didn't think that there was a problem with the statue there. So the Gemara answers, right, so to honor the king. So the Gemara answers, Rabim Shaini. That's different. Because when you have a, a lot of people, then nobody's worried that you're all worshiping because everybody understands that it's there for a different reason. It's only when you have an individual that you think it's a problem. Ask the Gemara, I, Rabbi Gamliel, Yachad who? Rabbi Gamliel had it in its attic. That was a Yachad case. So he said, Kevin Nasahu Shchichim Rabbi Gabay. Yeah, but he's a public figure. And so people understand that he's not worshiping. They know the reason. I would have said a different thing. He's using it for instruction for the moon, right? So that's what the Gemara says. Ibais Ema, second answer, the Prakim Hava. That the moon was made of sections, so maybe it was deficient. The Ibaisema, third possible answer, that would have been my first answer. Everybody knows that he's not doing it because he's worshiping it on the side. He's doing it as teaching purposes. It says you can't learn it, right? But you, so you're not going to learn about Azara, but you can learn it in order to teach. And for instructive purposes, it's okay. So we find ourselves now, tomorrow, on the Mishnah, on the bottom line, in Chavdalad, Amun Beis.